Welcome back to the Pacific Rim Pro Wrestling Podcast. From Seattle to Tokyo and all points throughout history, thank you for listening. This is episode number seven from the Seattle area. My name is Jim Valley, longtime broadcaster and wrestling fan. And we go across the Pacific Rim to Tokyo, Japan, and longtime journalist and legendary historian Fumi Saito. Hey, Fumi, what's going Hello. on? Hello. Hello. No, no, oh, a long weekend. <laughs> I know. Everyone saw you on Facebook. You were, you were everywhere this weekend. Oh, really? I didn't post that much, but people did. And uh, Debbie Malenko, um, you know, made an appearance. First time in 16 years. Yeah, she and, looked fantastic. Yeah, and then she made comeback this year and then they already had two matches in, in, in America. And uh, Mariko Yoshida was having a retirement card, and then she was putting together the, the production, like, probably six months ago and she uh, got in contact with me and can you get a hold of Debbie Malenko and what is you know what's it about can she work a match or just make an appearance and I got a hold of Debbie and said if she wants to come you know if she was to come over she wants to have a match you know and uh, she's in shape to have a match and in fact she made comeback this year and uh, yeah the match was good so all in all I, we can go into that yeah, we'll talk about your big weekend. We'll talk about the retirement show and uh, all the things that uh, happened. Plus, you saw some yeah. of the New Japan Tag League. We'll talk about that. We'll talk yes, about... I was there. Yes. We'll get your impressions of uh, some things. Yeah. Well, and then also, this uh, New Japan Korokan show was a beginning, the very first night of their World Tag Team Tag League 2017. And uh, it. It's it's not the big show. It's a you know very beginning, the very first night of the tag league thing. But uh, when you go to Korakuen Hall, you can see how they produce their shows, you know the production, and uh, yeah, so it, it showcases it. We'll talk about that and more. But first, let's uh, talk about WWE. Yeah. Uh, oh, the Survivor Series. As you've talked about I... before, you do the announcing for the stream of Raw and SmackDown on DAZN. Yeah, every week. Um, Monday night in America, Tuesday morning here in Tokyo. Tuesday night, uh, SmackDown Live. Tuesday night in America, Wednesday morning. So I go into studio my Tuesday morning and my Wednesday morning and get the live feed from America. As a matter of fact, it's a UK company, so that that's amazing technology, right? That the the live feed goes from America to UK, and we get the the, the live feed from UK into Tokyo. <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but uh, my headset, I get the producer's voice from America. You know, when to go into commercials and uh, how long the commercial be and, uh, you know, three minutes and 15 seconds or so. So we go back, you know, three minutes and 15 seconds, something like that. But you don't have Vince McMahon yelling at you in your ear. Like Michael Cole. Right, but I can hear Michael Cole and, you know, that uh, Corey Graves, Booker T, all those guys' voice during the commercial, too. Because so, they go over stuff during the commercial. So does that help you, by the way? Like, do you get an idea of what's coming up next? Are uh, they prepared? Uh, actually do yes yeah. yes and also sometimes i forget stuff you know like you know i didn't i kind of forgot 
that uh, Kane and Daniel Bryan was tag team, Matt, you know, tag team partner one point. So it made sense that when Daniel Bryan, as as a SmackDown general manager coming into Raw, and all the sudden lights went out, you know, while he was on the phone, then a dark shadow comes in. That's that's Kane, right? Then choke slam him, right? So I knew like a minute before that so it helped <laughs> you know but well, this survivor series is very interesting you know yeah. i like the show i know a lot of people complained about the main event and things but a lot of those oh yeah people, what, I, what was wrong with it i i think people are tired of triple h bigfooting everyone i think people are tired <laughs> of the mcmahons and, and also i think people you know for for a very long time have wanted to see other stars rise up and i i think there's, sure. a, there's also a feeling that they felt like finn balor and samoa joe and john cena and uh, shinsuke nakamura all kind Should of shine uh, more yeah, they exactly. I don't know. I didn't see it as that bad. I thought everyone, you know. No, I, I thought it was very designed. Everything perfect. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Yeah, yeah, and then also you expect that when you have Triple H on that show, that's exactly what's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know, you know that, where have you been? Have you not watched wrestling? Yeah, and also give Triple H credit. You know, being what 48, 49 years old, and what, every time he has a match, he comes in with real good shape, working shape. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't look like the guy. You know, he doesn't look like the guy. Guy, he works only a match a year, or two matches a year. He comes in fine. You know, working shape. I thought the booking was fine. I thought that they gave oh, every, everyone real kind of, they gave everyone kind of a run. It's like someone would run wild, run wild, run wild, and then they'd get pinned. And right, so like Shinsuke Nakamura. Exactly. He shined. Yeah, like the first ten minutes of a match, and also had a confrontation. Looked each other in the eye with the Triple H. And then uh, Michael Cole would say Triple H was responsible of you know bringing Shinsuke Nakamura from Japan. Then now they meet you know, each other in the ring for the first time. Then eye to eye thing, right? Yeah, very interesting. And a little bit of uh, Finn Balor and Shinsuke Nakamura in exchange, you needed that, right? And uh, yeah, they had everything that needed to be in there and did pretty perfect, I think. <laughs> you know, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens had to come at some point. And they had to have had their hands on Shane McMahon. So they did what they had to do. Yeah, very interesting. And also tease that um, Triple H was going to beat up Shane McMahon or he was going to save his brother-in-law. Gave Card Angle... Um, his pedigree, right? Then bring Shane's body on top of uh, the card angle. Oh, wow. Is that what's going to happen? Then turn around and kicks Shane McMahon and beat, you know, give Shane McMahon his pedigree and he wanted to beat him on his own. Like a 2B continued. And I, I against Brown Strowman for the first time, you've created a monster. You know, 
uh, everything, every single step to where, you know, yeah, every, yeah, this is, I think it made sense. You know why? Because um, Survivor Series, of course, the climax of in the big, big storyline, you know, the, the Raw brand against SmackDown. It's not a friendly, friendly, you know, brand, brand mixed show. It's, they have done the closest thing to, Company against company, cross you know interpromotion confrontation like New Japan against UWFI or something. You know, they've done the closest thing. Almost believable. Almost. Yeah, I thought for all the years they've tried to do this, this is probably their best year at yeah, best. At a, yes, building, I agree. Building that tension. Yeah, and also under siege became a very famous term. You know, first attack. Yeah, first attack by blue T-shirt team, you know, SmackDown. Shane McMahon came, came come in and uh, Carl Angle, raw general manager, gives the best face in the ring, like all confused. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was uh, so well done. And, and they teased three weeks, yeah. And it's building toward WrestleMania. So, of course, the big... Oh, yes, yes. They'll so you believe that uh, WrestleMania be Triple H against Kurt Angle? I would think so, yeah. I would think so. Yeah. Kurt Angle was a little rough, you know. He had tummy, right? He, and uh, The guy I was watching it with goes, Kurt Angle yeah? looks like the Iron Sheik. Uh, the stomach? <laughs> yeah. A little bit? Bald, yeah. Some he, muscle in the stomach, yeah. And he had the suit, though, you know, when he ripped up his red raw T-shirt, what he had underneath the T-shirt was not his old, you know, amateur wrestling singlet style. It's more of a MVP costume. Yeah, Captain America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the suit, though, would zip up, you know? So suck it in, you know? Well, he's in, yeah. he's, to be fair, he's pretty being beaten up, so. Yes, yes, you know, yeah, he's not probably supposed to have match, or. Yeah. Yeah, he's retired, basically, you he'll, know? He'll get in shape for WrestleMania, I'm confident. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he has a couple matches under his belt. I mean, he has two or three important match in him, still. I mean, also, it's good to have him in there. What did you think about Oscar? Oh God, the biggest push ever! Oh, I gotta point out that the see very first Survivor Survivor Series what nineteen eighty seven? Yes, thirty years ago, right? Yep, thirty years ago, we had you had jumping bomb angels on Survivor Series. So it's been 30 years. You know, Japanese woman wrestler performed. It's kind of, you know, useful, you know, useless trivia, but... Uh, no, that's good yes. trivia. You'd think they would have uh, made a quick package on that, but they didn't. You sh yeah, yeah, but uh, we remember that, you know. Back then, women wrestlers were treated differently, but uh, I believe Jumping Bomb Angel really change the perception of women's wrestling because they weren't sure about it until they actually watched jumping bong and angel perform and then they stole their heart oh wow like amazing moves quickness 
you know, drop kicks after the top rope, bridge arching up, you know, all those things that they have had not seen. And, are you uh, talking about here yeah. in uh, North America? Or are you talking about just yeah, North Canada? America? You haven't seen because up until then, you know, it was fabulous, Mula. Yeah, best thing was Wendy Richter, but they got rid of her right away. You know, but uh, they did not give women chance. Yeah, so I think the Survivor Series and Jumping Bomb Angels, you know, being overlooked. I think, yeah. And they made the impact in the, some serious wrestling fan. To this day, they talk about, do, do you remember Jumping Bomb Angels? Two Japanese you know, women with dark, I mean, black hair. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, well, Paul Heyman loved them as a kid. No, they yeah. were really cool. I so you know I'd forgotten about Survivor Series. I kind of associate them more with the first Royal Rumble. But you're right, yeah. right, right. Because they were there. They came in like around that um, October, November time, and yeah. uh, first title match was um, Survivor Series, and they finally got the title following Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah. The opponent was always the same: Lilani and Judy Martin. They only had one opponent package which is okay at the time now is is that true the story i try to remember i don't know this very well vaguely but uh one of them sort of uh fell temptation to all of the uh the western uh, cultures and all the temptations that it has to offer like what i just thought that one of them sort of kind of forgot her training and sort of uh kind of became westernized and uh, vince wasn't very happy with that that's what i think i heard somewhere oh really yeah well both of them were like overeating and yeah. it's like it was kind of like a being homesick away from home for like a f- six months straight and american food was good so they they <laughs> gained a lot of weight that's what it was you know yeah 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 because i i um had one weekend one you know one afternoon i, I spent one afternoon with jumping bomb angels winter of 1987 when i traveled to new york yeah we went to new you know empire state building had lunch went to dinner and uh, they were like talking about yeah they they've learned a lot because um, what I learned was uh, what, what they've learned was that you w- would probably need one finish in wrestling match. They didn't realize Japanese, you know, wrestling was giving, I mean, too much. You know, like a lot of big moves, a lot of high spot, almost too much high spot, and you know, everybody's kicking out a count of two. So it's like you wasted bumps. You know what I'm saying? In a way, they got more Americanized in thinking, because when they, you know, came and watched and traveled with WWE crew, Macho Man Randy Savage, all he did was a few things and elbow drop, elbow drop off the top rope, and nobody, you know, kicks out of it. So it's like, wow, that's how you take care of your finish, and nobody messes with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they've changed their way of thinking the work too a little bit, wasn't influenced. And they thought it was like a right that you don't have to do 15 high spots in a row and what are you going to do? You kick out, kick out, kick out, and it probably doesn't mean anything. In a way, they got Americanized. But good work doesn't, I mean, it's good work is good work anywhere in the world, though. 
was that the Japanese philosophy at the time to do to do every well, women's wrestling? Okay. Oh, it's like a high spot, high spot, high spot. That's what they were saying, Japanese style in America. Boom, 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 Japanese style. Boom, 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 Japanese style. They don't know what they're talking about. But they thought constant high spot was Japanese thing, you know, they thought, you know. But that's not really, really accurate either, you know. But you tend to do more in the ring anyhow. And we've seen that with Shinsuke Nakamura, and I think we've seen that with with Oscar as well, as far as adapting their style to the WWE yeah. audience. It was more more of Nakamura style to begin with. His philosophy is more like well, it's not it's not a gimmick. They call them you know call him an art, artist. He is more of an artist. He everything he does in the ring, it has to mean something. But that's an American thinking too, you know. Yeah, and Asuka, uh, before we forget, he adapted um, Tajiri's Badso kick today. Yeah. To finish, yeah. You do the karate move and give the you know kick to the face like Badso, you know, kick. Tajiri's finish is introducing second finish it's not a asuka lock you know your submission from the behind didn't have that today she beat uh dana brooke with kick and introduced you know new new finish today i noticed so. that and it also seems like she's not quite as sleek <sighs> as she was in nxt it seems like she's dancing more and she's more yes. like she's more like the asuka when she ran her own shows in japan I guess, yeah, and limits, like, a, she decided to do, like, a three or four things, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure I like I guess that would last. I'm not, I think I liked her better in NXT when she was a little sleeker in her moves. And do more? Really? Not necessarily more, but I'm just talking about maybe, I think if I'm her, maybe she's being told to do this, but I would cut Probably. Down. Some of the dancing seems a little awkward and a little nerdy. <laughs> And Oscar is cool, and I'm not sure she's. Mm. She seems not quite yet as cool as she was in NXT. She seems a little more, really, a little more anime to me. But like, I could be wrong. Uh but yeah, more animated, yes. But that's for the bigger audience, yes. Mm. You know, the more marketable, because NXT is fine, but not everybody will be watching NXT. You know. I'd say I don't. I don't think NXT is minoring anymore. They are, They have their own, you know, their own entity, their own like independent production, more of a different league now. But uh, it's not viewed or you know watched by larger audience. When you come to Raw and or SmackDown, you actually have much bigger audience. And so the match has to be like more, I don't know, like easier to watch or, you know, only seven minutes are given. So you do more every step of the way is designed, you know. We'll see what happens what with you, with yeah, what you do in what you do with NXT is in, in a lot of ways kind of an experiment. What yeah. they can do with this talent, you know. If it, what works, what works, what works, works, and some some of the things doesn't work, they drop. You know what I mean? 
So why don't we uh, segue from Africa yes. to uh, Debbie Malenko and the uh, Mariko <laughs> retirement show? Oh, it was uh, it was held at the, the Shinjuku Face. It only holds like 450 people, but uh, the atmosphere, you know, atmosphere was like uh, old, you know, old Japan pro wrestling, you know, women's wrestling from 1990s. And uh, the match Debbie Malenko worked was the uh, six-man tag team, six-woman tag team, I should say. Kyoko Inoue, uh, Takako Inoue. Uh, Mariko Yoshida against Jaguar Yokota, Kaoru Ito, and Debbie Malenko. I start out with Debbie and Yoshida, and then do the Malenko, you know, Malenko, you know, chain wrestling. You know that the go behind, go behind, you know, takes down and the front headlock. You reverse front headlock. You know, and you get up and do the Fujiwara armbar, or or you give STF. You know, you you know, do, you know, to the rope. You pour her, you know, into the ring again. Do one more STF. All these things. So they were able to throw that in there. Because if you bring in Debbie Malenko, you gotta do Debbie Malenko thing. You know, and they expected that. You know, and uh, she worked. I not. I wouldn't say just as good as 25 years ago, but uh, she did everything she had to do. You know, that people expect. You know, from her. And also, a lot of old fans, you know, came back and uh, wanted to take wanted to take picture with her and uh, get autograph, you know. And that uh, she was standing at the concession. There was a line of people that, that uh, wants to say hi. I was fan with you when I was you know, in high school, something like that. You know, it may make her feel old. But a uh, lot of old male fans showed up that night. But they did remember her. Oh yes, oh yeah. She wasn't sure about it, so I said, "Don't worry about it." A lot of people show up, and a lot of older fans did show up, and uh, it was. Uh, they all had real fun memories, you know. That uh, well, Hasegawa wasn't there, but there was a tag team, Debbie and Saki Hasegawa's, you know, new generation tag team, and uh, it was like uh, it was like it picked up from where it was left, you know. Uh, back in '93, she broke her ankle, right ankle, and then she went home, had surgery and everything. And then, but that was the end of it, you know. So it was like, you gonna come back and either kind of close chapter, you know what I mean? She will come back to work though. So she's coming back yeah. again. I think so. Not right away, but uh, she wants to wrestle while she can. You know, it's a different lifestyle, I guess. You know, men, women, different. Now she's married, mother of three, oldest son is 18, has another son, 16, and the youngest daughter is 11, sixth grade. So you got to be a mother. But you know what? Guys are pretty boring. So it's just, women have more variety and the diversity in your you know, life. You know, like you do more, I think. You know, we just get old. Guys just get old, you know. But women, you know, like, accomplish more things, it seems like. Well, you know? pretty much everybody yeah. accomplishes more than I do. But I... Uh, not that, but the women accomplish because, you know, it's like a being mother is like a full-time job, right? I thought and give the... birth. And, I yeah? thought one of the coolest things uh, was a picture from the uh, show 
at the yeah. it must have been at the end with Yoshida standing in the ring and the red flame like or the spider like oh it was covered it looked amazing it looked it did literally look like she was in standing in a ring of flames with these red streamers <laughs> just hanging streamer from all I mean from all I guess yeah yeah, and then they cleaned up right away, and all the girls came into the ring, like all 50 of them took picture together. You know, like alumni, you know, alumnus, I should say, yeah. So we've talked about it Debbie Malenko good. and her, her career. Why don't we talk, uh, why don't we touch briefly on uh, Mariko Yoshida? Yoshida, yes. Uh, she was out of class of 1988. See, back then, the late 80s, oh, that was still after Crash Girls era, but... You know, there's uh, audition to be a women's wrestler. You know, Fuji TV, you know, network channel covered it, but usually you have like a anywhere from 500 to you know a thousand girl try out for the audition, and they pick about 10 girls. You know, okay, you pass this audition, then you start training. Then out of those 10, only three made it through. Kyoko. Inoue, Takako Inoue, and Mariko Yoshida. So they were pretty special, you know, athletes. And Yoshida retired, but Takako Inoue, Kyoko Inoue still work to this day. You know, very interesting. They're all 48, 47 years old, but uh, they they still work in the ring. They're not the same company, but uh, when something like this happens, you know, they come in and, uh, you know, just that's their um, reunion, you know, for them too. You know, Bo Nakano did, yeah? Yeah, Bo Nakano's been very busy lately. Yeah, and then Bo Nakano came, you know, he didn't come in the ring and did anything like that, but she was backstage Toyota Manami was in back you know Manami Toyota was backstage Jaguar Yokota was there even Aja was there all those you know stars from different era they all showed up I was like wow 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 I was like you know you see all those you know stars from different kind of like going to um, Wrestlemania Hall of Fame you know, you see the backstage is go, oh, wow, generation and generations of wrestlers, stars, they're here, you know, because they kept in touch with each other, you know. It's kind of nice, kind of nice. What do you think uh, Yoshida is most known for? Oh, wow. Oh, straight, serious wrestler. And also she was a wrestler who was like a... You see, she reinvented herself like twice. All young, you know, fresh, um, old Japan women's young wrestler, right? And she changed her style when she started working for Arceon, uh, 87, no, no, 1997. She slimmed down, you know, came out with new Scorpion costume and did more mat work, you know, like submissions. And uh, yeah, so she changed her style. And while wrestling was really like in the down period, there was a wrestling school called Ibuki. She trained like 15 wrestlers. One of them became superstar of today, Hiroyo Matsumoto. She trained her. And the main event was single match between Hiroyo Matsumoto against Mariko Yoshida, student and teacher. And um, you cannot be today's star, you know, but 
that they had very serious convincing match that you know that everybody you know was really into you know it's hard to explain because uh, all these audience know the history you know behind it so the, the educated eyes are watching this match. So everything did you know they did in the ring, even teeny little high spot, not a high spot, but the wrestling spot, spot, it meant something. Oh, this is a move she used to do, you know, 25 years ago. Or oh, that's the move that uh, you know so and so, you know, taught so and so, and all those things. <laughs> you know, it was good. You know, you talk about the venue, about 450. You know, the more I've been, as I mentioned on the past shows, I've been watching some old Raws, and back then, they yeah. you know, the business was down, so they had it in small arenas and stuff. And you know, I, I would. You mean talking about the Manhattan Center? Yeah, or anywhere. But you know, and I, you know, I think, uh, you know, I went to WrestleMania 19 here in Seattle. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I I think that a smaller venue like around that size is probably the best way to really watch a wrestling match. I mean, when I grew yes up, yes when I grew up oh, going of course to, going, when, when I grew up going to Don Owen shows, you know, they were in high oh, school, smaller yeah dude. going to oh. high school gymnasiums and things yeah. like that. And I'm like, I think yes, it's for today's standard, every seats are like ringside, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and yeah. you can hear them chopping, punching, you know, body slam. You can hear them, you know. Ah, yes, I believe that because um, Tokyo Dome, you know, we, we are going to talk about Tokyo Dome, right? But yeah. It, what you're watching at the Tokyo Dome and Korakuen Hall, a small, so, smaller venue, yeah, it's the same wrestling, but you are not watching the same thing. You can really feel wrestling in smaller building yes bigger production at the tokyo dome wrestle kingdom like wrestlemania you know tokyo dome the rings are i wouldn't say mile away but it's really far away right and people are watching that wrestling actually on screen most wrestling fans are watching i mean the audience are watching the screen all night it's different yeah, I think uh, a venue around that size is the best way to watch wrestling. But that's that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I agree. I agree. You know, you can hear things, you can feel, you could almost smell, right? There's a better energy. Yeah. The crowd just there's it's just a better vibe. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. But wrestling has changed. Yeah, it's a bigger, you know, yeah, bigger production. Yes. Yeah, all the But you cannot are... have, yeah, yeah, because you can't have WrestleMania at smaller venue. No. You know, next year is the Superdome, of course. You know. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about but, uh, venues and popularity in Japan. This past week, um, there were some pretty weekend, decent, pretty decent. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Does this? Do you think this is indicative of, of a resurgence, or what do you what do you think? Uh, I didn't notice those numbers until you brought up, or some of the people from states came up. You know, New New Japan draw this number, and all Japan pro wrestling drew this number up in uh, you know up in Hokkaido, Aomori, or something like that. And there was this, and there was this number, this number. I I didn't notice it, but. Uh, yeah, if they came up these number, they must have noticed. Yeah, this is like, yeah, numbers are uh, up, you know, this month or something like that. You know, I'm not very good at numbers, but uh, if you feel that, uh, yeah, they must be it. You know, the vibes are out. You know, 
Well, I mean, I was looking. This is from the Twitter of uh, Striga, who does the yeah, yeah, yeah. the Western Lariat on MLW. He tweeted this out mm-hmm. that uh, this past weekend, All Japan had twenty one hundred fans in Hokkaido. New Japan had fifteen hundred. Yeah. yeah, in uh, yeah. Takasaki, fifteen hundred. Right, Takasaki. smaller town. Noah had uh, twelve hundred in Tokyo. Stardom did nine fifteen in Tokyo, and a Dragon yep. Gate in uh, is it Nobioka? Nobioka, yeah. They did 1,800, which was a full house. I mean, those aren't the old days. Those aren't 90s or 70s or 80s numbers, but still, that's got to be pretty good. Right. Like, like you said, 70s and 80s or into 90s, when we all had All Japan, Giant Papa's All Japan, Antonio Noki's New Japan Pro Wrestling, running, what, 150 shows to 200 shows a year, they were they were drawing like a four to 5,000 every night, every day of the you know, year. So it's different, you know. The covered with by network channel, it's a little different. Well, um, of all those numbers you just mentioned, there were, there were more shows, you know, like Saturday. If you look for it carefully enough, that there were at least ten to fifteen shows, wrestling shows around the country. Sunday, ten to fifteen, probably even. 20 shows around the countries that we don't know about, you know, counting independence. So they are more wrestling. Smaller, though, but yes. Is it's different, this, huh? Is this like uh, New Japan uh, uh, when the water rises, uh, all boats benefit? What is, what do you, what do you, do you attribute this to anything yet? Or is it too early to tell? Uh, I take New Japan's production or audience, or we should start almost start calling this New Japan universe. See, these fans who attend New Japan, they only watch New Japan, almost. Much like WWE audience, WWE universe, they say, right? So um, let's start calling it New Japan universe. They only follow New Japan wrestling. Just about the only company that come off like a major league, you know? All Japan should have better production because they got good wrestlers and, you know, good production's not that good, you know. But uh, there are wrestlers who can work and their match is always good, you know. It's just too bad that they don't have, like, right production and uh, they don't even tape their shows, you know. And uh, it's kind of behind Mm -hmm. time, yeah. Well, what about but, uh, Joe Doring? Is this a is this a sign that he's going to be a good drawing champion? Are people buying into his cancer comeback story, his real life story? Could the one who know the story? Yes, very, um, yeah, that uh, touching story, and he's and also all Japan fans know that that the, that the Joe Doring's all Japan wrestler, you know, not just some American wrestler come over and work. Joe Doring is all Japan wrestler. You know what I'm saying? Like a belonging kind of thing, you know, because that guy is an American and he's what's what's good is that he dressed like half Stan Hansen and half Brody, you know? Cowboy hat, Stan Hansen, right? The the fur boots, that's Brody. So <laughs> top and bottom is Stan Hansen and Bruiser Brody together. And he works a lot like Stan Hansen. People really like that. Big American, plain, 
you don't have to be handsome guy, but like real solid, you know, the, the strong, hard hitting wrestler. Yeah. What did you think? You were at the uh, the New Japan show, the Tag League. Yes, I, oh, I studied a lot. It's like I learned a lot. It's like um, there were one, two, three, four, eight matches. Okay, Korakuen, eight matches, not one single match. I counted forty-six guys worked, forty-six wrestlers, eight match. First match, Young Lion, you know, rookies, this regular tag team. Two against two, four people. Then second match, six-man tag team. Third match, eight-man tag team. Fourth match, n- another eight-man tag team. The fifth match, six-man tag team. Another six-man tag team. Then tournament match, tournament match. Not one single match. The funny thing, the show starts 6.30 sharp, right? Then the main event ends at 8.45, much like going to concert or something, you know, they, they must design everything so carefully and no intermission. Not a single match though. 40 guy, 46 wrestlers are working eight matches. You know, you have two eight-man tag team match, one, two, three, three six-man tag team match and three tag team match. That many people working. That many, you know, and uh, it starts 6.30 and was over before 9 o'clock. You know, a lot of, I, I've talked, talked to quite a few people about this. Um, today's fans or today's people, audience in general, they have short, um, um, like, attention span, right? Today's kids, they cannot sit through, like, class, you know, like, you cannot have, you know, almost a two-hour show, three-hour show. Mm-hmm. They, they just can't sit through. And uh, you're going to make this show just, um, you know, shy of two-hour show or something. And they can sit through. Each match, you see, we had eight, they had eight match, tag team match, 40, 46 guys working. And each match was only 10 minutes. 10 minutes, like including entrance and leaving. Music come in, start the match, you do the match, you go home, and guys leave, right? So door to door, about 10 minutes. Well designed. What do you think? Well, it's not unusual for uh, house shows in Japan to, to have a lot of multi-man matches, but this does seem a little high. Mhm, mhm. And also, I just said forty-six guys working, right? Yeah. There is no liger, no tiger mask. You know, <laughs> you know, just uh, half half the Suzuki gun didn't work. You know, and seventeen American worked. And the, all those American wrestlers are under New Japan contracts, so they are New Japan wrestlers. Not like the foreign American wrestlers just come in and do the tour and leave. They are New Japan wrestlers. You know, American, but under contract. One of the people, talking, one of the yeah? people I did want to talk about, who I saw a lot of, uh, at least in... Uh, Jeff Cobb. Exactly. Did he get over... Jeff Cobb big, debut. Did, did yeah. he get over as big as it looked on, on social media? Uh, it was a good day made... 
I guess the, uh, the hype was not a hype, but the reaction was way too quick, way too big. Because, like I said, he worked eight-man tag team match. It, okay, it was like Kitamura, Dave Finley, Michael Elgin, Jeff Cobb, four, against Ishii, Yano, Beretta, and Chucky T. Okay, I'll do. I go one more time. Michael Elgin, right? Jeff Cobb. Dave Finley Jr., of course, and Kitamura, the big ultimate ultimate warrior-looking guy, Japanese rookie, yep. against Chucky T, Beretta, Toruyano, and Ishii. Eight-man tag team. So for the time they were given, see, 10 minutes between eight guys, though, you know? So I'd say Jeff Cobb was in maybe only twice. But the time he was in the ring, he did everything he had to do and it looked good only debut though so we could not probably make you know such a big deal about it so he let's say he did really really well for his debut match very good impression but he didn't change the world (laughs) you know what i'm saying yeah, but I mean, it takes time. But it seems like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, he seems like uh, maybe a modern day Steve Williams type or something like that. I don't know. Mm, see, when Steve Williams had his first tour, he had a match against people like Inoki and Fujinami. This was third match of the evening. See, none of these guys are main event guys. Well, no, it's a different you know era too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he is a tag team partner of Michael Elgin, which is very promising, you know. Both stocky, you know, built guy, not a bodybuilder built, but like a really thick, you know, like a stocky guys, you know, and uh, not really pretty boys, necessary. And kind of like in, in, in WWE or American Independent Standard, they could be fat guys, right? Not a fat, but like a short and stocky guys. And uh, Jeff Cobb did the three or four or five different kinds of suplex, throwing guys right and left, then do the moonsault, you know, in, in the middle of the ring. So very, very impressive. Impressive. But he, to me, though, he does still look like a PWG guy in a pro wrestling gorilla. Yeah. Of course, that's a very good, good place to find guys, you know, that are very talented with no name. You know, right now, people are watching, you know, pro wrestling gorilla in a video on YouTube, you know, or is this like, I don't know the name, but uh, these guys are talented. So they're showcasing all these new talents, you know. And then Jeff Cobb, well, yes, I think he will be regular here. And given time, he will be very, like, part of the star package here in Japan. Michael Elgin was. But people like him. Mike Elgin? Yeah. So right now, he's in very good position. He's a tag team partner. See, Jeff Cobb is a tag team partner of Michael Elgin. So... That, that the opportunity will be given. Don't know right away, but he will be in very good position, position I believe. Better than Brera and Chucky T. Yeah. Why do you say yeah. that? Well, because they are like, uh, um, some of these Americans, you know, work in New Japan ring, they try too hard to impress probably office more so than audience. 
You know what I'm saying? Like they are being auditioned every night. You know, guys like Jado Gedo watching their match from the back every night, you know? So you are under pressure that uh, you have to be 100% at all times. You know what I'm saying? So what do you think they need to do or what do you think they did do that uh, that came across as trying too hard or desperate? Uh, the desperate guy I was talking about was uh, actually Sammy Callahan that night. You know? And saying like, fuck you, bitch. Excuse my language. But, you know, the, it's kind of cheap heat, right? Those language. You know, this is a good topic we haven't really talked about. There's that does seem to happen quite a bit in New Japan. Why? Why? It doesn't seem necessary. I mean, language. Yeah. Uh, they were not really, you know. They, uh, I think I think they are doing on their own, pretty much. I don't think book out tell me or you go out there and say fuck you to people. So I I kind of doubt that. It's like Sammy Callahan work, you know, like a, you know, trying too hard to impress everybody, you know, like going in the ring and spit on you know evil's face you know for like his own creative spot or something and but it's it it's a solid work that you need in japan not the gestures or language or how to walk around or the funny hairdo it it's good to have good hairdo or costume but at the end of the, in the end of the day you have to be a good wrestler don't you think so are these guys just doing the wrong things? What do you think they're doing wrong? Language, or or more of a like way choreographed-looking spot for Japanese ring. You know, like uh, you push the guy, you know, you know your partner's catching him uh, to a front headlock, you know, by accident. You sit down and do the, the, you know, two guys going down together with DDT and neck breaker together. It's something sound complicated, but it would look come off way too choreographed. Maybe I'm wrong because today's audience like it. I don't know. Well, I think it was, you know, I'm stuck on this in my mind, the, the language part. Like, I think it was, was it uh, the Gorillas of Destiny? Did they do it? Who was it? Was it Bad Luck Folly? There was somebody at a show. Bad Luck Folly sometimes do. Yeah. Now it's, uh, see, the Tonga have three part, you know, two other partners, Tonga Raw and the Leo Tonga. Yeah. Another, yeah, another young younger brother or cousin or whatever that the they think they have their bullet club thing. You know what? Bullet club, people don't think it's the same bullet club anymore, you know? Now that the Finn Baylor, you know, the Prince David's gone, the AJ Styles not there, the Gallows and Anderson, they're all gone, right? But they still have the same bullet club T-shirt. It's almost let down, in my opinion. I might be wrong. In you know, Japan. at the at at the end of NWO, there's too many of them, right? NWO, you know, WCW, NWO, original NWO, great. But after a year or two, three years in, into that, uh, white 
uh, NWO to red NWO is, is like impossible to follow. You know, at the end, it's like a, everybody was wearing NWO t-shirt. It seemed, and uh, um, it's not that good anymore. And uh, yeah, Bullet Club. You see, they you know they, they keep their image so much that the Bullet Club is the greatest thing. But people still love original guys. Don't you think? I just find this fascinating. I think this is this is interesting. So, so for, you think for Japan that the Bullet Club wave is kind of crashed? Uh, they still have great T-shirts, and the Bullet Club mm-hmm. uh, logo is still great. The guys wearing it ain't the same. <laughs> oh God! I don't want to sound like I'm bad mouthing some of the wrestlers, you know. But you know what I'm saying? The yeah. original NWO was great, okay. But if you have all those, you know, the Vir- you know, Virgil, or you know, you have you know, uh, Fake Sting, or you know, everybody else wearing the NWO T-shirt at the end, it didn't mean much, you know, or just as you know, as much, you know. It's a Bullet Club is turning that in my opinion well you know you know and isn't uh, lij lij aren't they the biggest t-shirt sellers and merchandise sellers right now for new japan over the bullet club aren't isn't lij more popular who uh, los ingobernales de japan yeah 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 naito's group yes yeah. oh they're very 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 popular yes yeah but you need, yeah, you can always have two factions. No, I was just saying yeah. that they, that seems to have been, that seems to be the popular thing in Japan. Yeah, I'm, Naito's yeah. group, yes. And you want to buy, also want to buy baseball cap like Naito wears too, yes. Yeah. Ah, yeah, that's because of Naito and his guys. Bushi, you know, Hiromu Takahashi, and, you know. Yes, they are popular. And like a cool guys, heels, but cool guys, right? But that's what the NWO was like. Well, speaking of Naito, yeah. of course, as we yeah. know, he's going to be main eventing the Tokyo Dome wrestle at Wrestle Against Kingdom. Yep. Kazuchika Okada. Yes. And in fact, uh, the the Friday night Korokin show I went to, it was um, Naito, Bushi, Hiromu Takahashi against Okada. Well, Osprey and Ghetto. All right, who went over? <laughs> I would think Naito would go over. On. I would think oh, Naito would beat Okada, but what do I know? Uh, of course, you beat Ghetto. Yes, third member of Okada's team. See, sure, that makes Okada. Sense. Yeah. That would have been my second guess, but okay. Yeah, Ogedo. And they had to do the teasing. You see, Okada and Naito in the ring, because everybody knows that's going to be the Tokyo, you know, Tokyo Dome main event. But you are, you don't want to be in the ring together that long. Just long enough to tease. You know what I'm saying? And in my opinion, they were in the ring a little too long together. See, you could just touch each other one spot or something and make people want want to see more and you wouldn't give it then, you know? Because there's going to be another month that you have to tease. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Naito is more popular now. I mean, more so than Okada, it seems. These are cool guys, you know, the heel, but uh, they have the one, you know, they're the one with momentum. 
Does that bode well for Okada being getting his hand raised at the end of Wrestle Kingdom? Oh God, that's so hard. I, just, I can't. We're pretty far out. Like, so. You mean night, 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 or going over? You mean? Yeah. Probably. Uh, I uh, vote for Okada still. Okay. We're still yeah, a ways away. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The whole month of December. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things. It was very interesting. Yeah. One of the things that I wanted to do. Uh, yeah. As we gear up toward uh, January, is it January fourth? Yeah. As we get January fourth, yeah, I figured we'd spend between now and uh, Wrestle Kingdom talking a yeah. little bit about kind of the history, taking a few minutes out of each show each week, and talk some of the history of uh, yeah. the Tokyo Dome shows, particularly okay. uh, maybe because even before Wrestle Kingdom, there were January shows at the Tokyo January fourth. Always, yeah. always. Yeah. I mean, Inoki era, Choshu era, Muto era, right? Right. So course. even though this is Wrestle Kingdom 12, it's the 12. Yeah. Last, it, last 12 years, yes. You know, it's been called Wrestle Kingdom the last 12 years, but mm-hmm. wrestling on January 4th in the in the Tokyo Dome does predate Wrestle Kingdom. This is not the 12th time this has happened. It's happened. Yeah, like, uh, like Kakuto Ese Tokyo Dome, the Starcade Tokyo Dome, the Chosenshi Tokyo Dome, the, all those t- so shows, all January 4th. Yeah. Fantastic story, Tokyo Dome. Wrestling, yeah. All those different titles they had. Not like a numbered show like, you know, Wrestle Kingdom. Battlefield at Tokyo Dome. All those numbers, yeah. Yeah, every year, January 4th was Tokyo Dome. So, yeah. 2000, uh, 2018 is going to be the 30th anniversary, the 30th year for the Tokyo Dome. Just, yes. Just briefly before the Tokyo Dome was built. Yeah, very first, very very first Tokyo Dome show they had, and it happened to be New Japan show, you know, of course. It was 1989 April, 1989 April Tokyo Dome. You know, Liger debut, Inoki against Judo guy from Russia. You know, that uh, Hashimikov against Bam Bam Bigelow or Vader winning a tournament to become vacant IWGP champion and all that. Yeah. It was 89. Yes. 89 means what, uh, 28 years ago? Yeah. 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 It's kind of a long time ago. But uh, we can go over that because it changed wrestling too because the biggest show, I mean, capacity-wise... New Japan was running at the time was sumo hall, you know, and probably occasional uh, Budokan shows. And how many, they how ch- big are those venues? I just for some people. Okay, know. sumo palace, uh, sumo palace, eleven hundred. I mean, eleven thousand, eleven thousand. Uh, Budokan, sixteen thousand. Now you move to Tokyo Dome for like a fifty-five thousand or sixty thousand. You know, but the ring just became just far away thing, and everybody was watching on, on the big screen instead. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you of course of course you have more people in there, but like you, we said you know a little earlier here tonight, that wrestling you feel wrestling at the smaller venue, huh? You know, when you go to Tokyo Dome, yes, I see this is a baseball stadium and the rings way in the middle of the field and it's so far away, you know. Or when you buy ringside ticket, you thought you bought the ringside ticket, right? 
it's like you're still in like a 30th row, you know? <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like, wow, it's really far away, you know? And you, when you buy these stands, like a first, you know, first base field or the third base, it's like, oh my God, it's really far away, you know? And, uh, but you have more people. And uh, when you have more people, you have more general audience, casual you know, crowd. So you give you you know wrestling that are catered, you know, catered to more general public or you know more casual audience. You know what I'm saying? Smaller venue, you have real serious wrestling fans. Yeah. So. So yeah. So what do you? We can go. Yeah, but well, as we as we go deeper, I figure we can talk about different eras of wrestling yeah, at, yeah. The, at the Inoki was still the, wrestling back then yeah. yeah we could talk about you know some of the the major shows and uh, some of the major events that happened when people think about the Tokyo Dome I figure maybe uh, you know spend some time talking about the All Japan Women show and also mm-hmm. um, probably the show that uh, you were involved in with uh, Wrestling Weekly oh that yeah okay Mikuma wrestling Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, As a matter of fact, yeah, but at the, you're talking about the Bridge of Dreams, right? Yeah. Yeah, Tokyo Dome Show. I was not there. Oh, okay. I didn't know Because that. I had to go to WrestleMania 11. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Hard, you know, the, it was Kevin Nash, Diesel against Shawn Michaels. Yeah, and then uh, Wrestle, Lawrence, WrestleMania. And, uh, the Lawrence Taylor main event, Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, Bam Bam Bigelow. And Bo Nakano was there, Shinzaki was there, and uh, yeah, of course I had good, Alanjo Blaze was there, I had good time, but I missed out on that, you know, that uh, weekly pro wrestling show with 13 different groups, 13 different wrestling companies, you know, they, uh, but I was there to, you know, when you were putting a card together, you know, who to be main event, because can you put all your main event? Being last, you know, last match of the evening is very important, right? People see that as a main event. You know, New Japan be there or All Japan be there? What about Maeda's rings or, you know, it was, it was very political, you know, it was very political. Then the Baba, Jan Baba wouldn't say yes, you know, until like a two or three weeks before the show, you know? They were pretty hard to deal with, you know? And it was really hard back then, like the mid-90s, you have 13 different companies working. Rings, you know, Maida's, you know, like a soon-to-be all-total MMA company, UWF International, the, you know, oh, no, UWF International was no longer probably, but the old Japan, New Japan, um, everybody else, you know, it was really hard to put together those cards. Well, we could talk about that. I figure we talk about maybe the early two thousands with uh, sure with Yuji Nagata and uh, a bunch of people against uh, a crock up. <laughs> oh God! Or like a people like uh, you see, see Nagata was uh, see he and I talked about it a while back that uh, he was like the victim of the time, right? Yeah, yeah, because Emilian Federer. I mean, the king of MMA was UFC, right? Yuji Nagara had the match against people like that with five-day preparation, you know? And after he had the, you know, match against people like a Milko Krakop, two days later, 
you, you know, you work another Tokyo Dome match against Jun Akiyama or something, regular wrestling match. It's just crazy thing. Yeah. What do you think? Just, yeah. just talk. We're just kind of talking here. We'll do some more formal things next week and as we get yeah. closer to the Tokyo Dome show. But yes, what right now, after the, the past 30 years, what do you think was the, the peak of Tokyo Dome shows? What era do you think it was? The, was it, the was best it Tokyo Dome show ever? No, just what I mean, do you like think? A big, just the big, era. Show? What, do you, what, do you, what was the golden age where the, the Tokyo Dome was was the venue? I'd say it was um, New Japan against UWFI Tokyo Dome show. Keiji Muto against Nobuhiko Takara. Yep. That was the biggest Tokyo Dome show. Yeah, I think. Because it was... Uh, Sierra, New Japan traditional pro wrestling against UWF International, supposedly like a changed wrestling and made wrestling into real sport. That was their philosophy or uh, you can say gimmick now, but uh, you know what I'm saying? UWFI, they were successful you know, for uh, convincing people. They, their wrestling was real sport. You know, and uh, okay, then we know that the uh, go against New Japan, the top card, Nobuhiko Takada against Keiji Muto, you know, couldn't happen. It happened, you know. Then everybody thought Takada was going to win, but Muto went over, you know, using old fashioned figure for leg lock. That was the point, too, you know, because UWF was a group that was saying all those figure for leg lock, that doesn't work in real fight. And Muto took that move and used that as a finish. Very, very convincing time. Interesting, huh? It is interesting. <laughs> There's a couple of, whenever I think of Tokyo Dome, obviously yeah. you th- I think you think of Inoki. I think. Yeah. I also think of Hashimoto quite a bit. I associate Hashimoto. Right. He was. He. I think he invented more Tokyo Dome than anybody else. Yeah. He's the guy I associate. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Hashimoto was the main event a lot. Yeah, he's Elvis. Yeah, it just so happened. Yeah, yeah, five Elvis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was popular though. Yeah, really popular. Yeah, he's and Elvis. He's the, Dusty yeah. Rhodes. He's, he's he was great. Sure, and he kicks and yeah. gives good brain buster, you know. And uh, he was also emotional. He can cry in the ring, you know. The people are with you, you know. Uh, something about him is always kind of touching, you know. Yeah. And then, yeah. of course, I think you know. I think also, I think because he brought New Japan back to life and really kind of added to the Tokyo Dome's prestige again, you got to think of Tanahashi. Oh, new era. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm big, big fan of Tanahashi more so than Okada. You know, I'm hoping that uh, you know Tanahashi will have one more run as a champion. But then again, I'm hoping Randy Orton have one more run as champion, so I might be wrong, you know? <laughs> I, I have a total yeah, dis- disconnect right there between uh, between Tanahashi and Randy Orton, but I, I agree with you on Tanahashi, Randy Orton, eh. Yeah, they can have one more run, cause, because I was hoping Randy Orton would do something different in that Survivor Series match. You know what I'm saying? He blended in too much, and I'm still uncomfortable watching him being babyface. You know, he used to be the one who could walk away from that cluster, you know? 
Team SmackDown, Shane McMahon, they, they recruited free agent John Cena, yeah, right? And the new guy, Bobby Roode and Shinsuke Nakamura, all right. And then and, uh, who else did you have? Uh, Randy Orton. Bobby Roode. Randy, so Randy Orton should not blend in so much, you know? Yeah, it's true. And the, yeah, because he is better heel. You know, right now, I'm com- uncomfortable watching Randy Orton being so much of a baby face, putting people over, you know? And uh, I'm just hoping he'll turn at some point and he have one more run as a champion. I you feel know? like Randy Orton, the person, has got enough money. Yeah? And Randy, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so Randy, he's not driven, right? Randy Orton, the real life person, the individual, the person who goes home at night. Um, I feel like he's got enough money, and I feel like married know, with kids. Yeah, he's 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 gonna get out. You know, his his dad was a wrestler in the era when it was about you know making the money and uh, you know just doing enough to get by. And I think, I think that you know, I think he probably wouldn't mind another run on top with that on top with the main event money. But at the same time, yeah. I, I don't think that he cares all that much. I think he's got his money, and I think he's just going to do what he can. I think, right, I so think... it's a different life now, no? Yeah, he's a businessman. Different man. life. Oh, he's so talented, though. Yeah. He has it still. And maybe it's his turn to put people over, you know, and then that those people become superstar, you know. Because remember just a couple months ago, Randy Orton had single match against Shinsuke Nakamura. It was a test that the people would take Shinsuke Nakamura as a real superstar. And Randy Orton put him over clean. And the match was good. The week before the single match, he gave RKO. And he gave Nakamura RKO, right? So it's like, well, this is going to be a very special single match. And I believed it. And uh, they came up with very creative, you know, like a spot like Nakamura blocking his RKO twice and, you know, do real creative move that nobody has seen. And they can do those things, a big show, you know. But like you said, right, Randy Orton is a seasoned veteran and he doesn't have to be uh, a main event and uh, he just shows up every week it became his work I guess you know I'm just thinking that uh, I'm just hoping he will turn heel and he's a better heel and he can always have one more run as champion yeah yeah we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah right so Tanahashi's the same way because he has it but uh, he worked mid-card and the funny thing, I'm gonna go back to this Friday, you know, this past Friday night New Japan Korokan show. He was in six-man tag team against people like um, Lance Archer, David Boy Smith Jr., and S. Desperado. And his teammate was Doka um, uh, Tanahashi, Makabe, and Henare. Uh, Henare is, uh, you know, that uh, New Zealand, you know, guy that uh, who's trained by New Japan. Anyway, Tanahashi only came in once during the six-man tag team, went right to the finish and won. Did he just come in once? Then, yeah, he beat the guy. Once. He went to, you know, and did the splash, do the, you know, frog splash thing, you know, what do you call it? The, the, the floor, something floor. There you go. Yeah, there you go. But he came in once 
He went right to the finish. The match was about seven minutes. He just left. Tanahashi, come on. <laughs> so he's like much like Randy Orton to me, you know, looks looks like. He still has it, though. But do you think maybe he's injured and that's just a way to protect him for the big shows? Well, he, yeah, he's, yeah, he's beat to like a really like he's banged up, of course. And he looks good, but he's actually 41 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So time flies, I guess. Randy Orton's kind of like about 38, almost 40. Yeah, something like that. I think he was the youngest person on his Survivor Series team. What is he, 37 maybe? Ah, yeah. Youngest person, 37. <laughs> okay, okay. But the Survivor Series, you know, Raw brand has to go back to their show continues their storyline on Monday night and Smackdown people has to go back to their Tuesday night thing and have their own storyline going so they needed to start the new storyline you know within that match you know so they did a lot of things probably a few things we didn't even notice they was in there <laughs> you know yeah well, they were really creative you know, like I, I think that you know, it's just it's one match, one place on the road to WrestleMania, and I think a lot of the people were disappointed that Finn Balor or whomever didn't get a chance to shine at Nakamura. You know, I think they'll get their shot as right. closer. You know, you usually set up the mega matches, and then everything else will fall into place. But you know, I, I don't know about mm-hmm, Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling that. Uh, well, there's going to be about the Clash of Champions coming. Yeah. And what in December? There's one more pay per view. Then, in the January, you have Royal Rumble. Yeah. You know, so. Got a long ways away from. Mm-hmm, before WrestleMania, and the WrestleMania is the type of show that the name WrestleMania draws. So you almost don't have to announce the lineup, you know. So the storyline, the drama continues until the go home show. I think. Yeah, I agree. So I think yeah. people freaking yeah. out. I don't think it's that it's that big of a deal. <laughs> well, right, you can see that I'm a Tanahash fan. I'm a Randy Orton fan. So, <laughs> yeah, Those it's are okay. Choices. All right, is there yeah, I like that. Uh, well, um, people can post question. They want to know, um, ask something, and I, if I know something, I can. we can talk about it. You yeah, know? We, we've this, been so yeah. busy these past couple of weeks. I think we can get back to uh, hashtag <laughs> yeah, ask yeah. Fumi. And I think and, a, right, and also you're going, to, going through Thanksgiving and Black Friday. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, don't get me wrong. This is my favorite season of the year. You know, Thanksgiving all the way to Christmas and New Year's is a great season, you know. And uh, yeah, so uh, you have a good time. Oh, thank you very much. We're just, we're just, it's just going to be Carrie and I and another friend. It's pretty quiet. This year, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. Cody, Cody and I are going to do Thanksgiving together. Who's Cody Hall? Oh, fun. Cody Hall? Yeah, Scott Hall's son. Two yep. years in a row. He and I, got, you know, do Thanksgiving together. Now this he lives the, here. Yeah, you love Thanksgiving. I think we should talk about this. You love Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, I post photos every year on right. Facebook. Now, where? Yeah. But it, but we should mention that in Tokyo, it's it's. You've told me that it's so hard to find the authentic turkey dressing. You know, your mashed potato and sweet potatoes and. You know, cranberry and you know, gravy all over, and it's so hard. I've found good place. 
<laughs> yeah. Yes. Now, have, do people, I love Thanksgiving. Do, do people who, uh, like you say, it's so hard to find, do, do people do an interpretation that's a little different that you don't like? Like, what might be a, a more Japanese interpretation? Well, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is a different type of holiday here. It's not exactly Christian Thanksgiving. We do have something like Thanksgiving in November, but it's, and also it's a holiday, but it's not Turkey Day, you know? So it's like American who or Western people who live in Tokyo who have to find right restaurant to have authentic turkey dressing, mashed potatoes, you know, gravy, you know. Just I found the place. Don't well, worry. Yeah, I don't want to give away your secret. <laughs> how far do you have to go? Just generally, how far? Do you oh, right in Roppongi. Oh, okay. Yeah, right in Roppongi. Nice. Yeah, so I eat there every year. So they know me now. <laughs> Well, we look and it's like a, yeah. Then Cody Hall was like, a, "No, we gotta go there. We gotta go there. We gotta go there this year again." And then we're doing it. Well, we look forward to your picture. Be sure to fo- uh, post it on Twitter. Be sure to share it on Twitter at Fumi Hiko Dayo, F U M I K I D Hiko H I K. How do you spell it? I'm lost now. I'm tired. Fumihiko, F-U-M-I-H-I-K-O-D-A-Y-O. There we go. I got lost. Sorry about that. Yeah, Fumihiko uh, Dayo. Mine is Jim Valley, which I barely know how to spell right now. (laughs) J-I-M-V-A-L-L-E-Y. And again, if you have any questions, you can do hashtag AskFumi. I know we have a couple that we need to get. We'll do those next week, and hopefully we'll have some time to do some more. So next week, we'll do some questions. uh, And people who's into history, yeah, we'll do that. You know, we'll, we'll go into that, too. Yeah, we'll talk about some Tokyo Dome history and, uh, of course, all the news and everything. All, But, again, I appreciate all the numbers. Things have been growing each and every week, so thank you for that. All right, great. great. I appreciate that. Yeah. So follow us on Twitter. Be sure to uh, share the podcast, the link. If you like it, tell friends about it. That would be great. And share and like and subscribe and comment and all that good stuff. So until next time. (laughs) So long from Tokyo.